Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome back to the Talking Blues podcast. Uh, we're back after an extended break. Obviously, we had international break um, after that Southampton game. So we had a couple weeks off. We're here. We're refreshed. Josh still needed a couple extra days, so uh, he'll be back next episode. But uh, we're here after a 1-0 Chelsea victory. Um, ben Chilwell with the goal that puts us in front. And, uh, you know, not a great performance. You know, some could say we were dominated by Brentford, but... We got the three points, and that's really all that matters. Uh, obviously, I'm joined by Peter. Peter, how are you doing? And, uh, you know, how do you feel about the performance by Chelsea? Obviously, not the best, but Mendy coming up big multiple times. Yeah, that's basically what I was going to say. That's the main takeaway from the game. Oh, for, well, first off, you asked me how I was doing. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to be back after the break. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, the main takeaway for me is that Mendy is the best goalkeeper in the world, and he was robbed of a Ballon d'Or nomination. I mean... I'm trying to think of like a game where he ever really like played bad for us. And I really don't think there is one. I don't think he's ever played bad. Sure. There's some games where he couldn't, doesn't keep clean sheets, but like every keeper does that. And it's becoming a rarity for him not to keep clean sheets. He saved us at least four or five times. Chalaba also saved us after Mendy saved us too. That was a very, very, very smart play by him to get back onto the line and clear that off. Uh, But I mean, in a game where we had three center backs who don't usually start for us, Christensen, Christensen, you can say he does because he plays every once in a while when uh, Jagger Silva can't, so he doesn't really count. But our two outside center backs, Chalaba and Malang Sar, who was on his debut, by the way, uh, they're not our usual center backs, right? They've barely played Malang Sar. That's his Premier League debut. Uh, Chalaba, he plays every once in a while, but he doesn't really play that often. And I mean, for the most part they played very well i mean they both struggled once brentford decided to go put like 10 men attacking and one man back towards the end of the minute uh the uh, last 10 minutes of the game when many had to save us but i mean for the most part they played very well and obviously when you start to center backs that really don't play that often i think you're expecting that you're gonna have to face some chances especially when you're going up against a team that is ivan tony uh did very well with him by the way I think he it was a physical test for him, and he stepped up to it. 
Uh, they got a bit of a feud. They had a few fouls, rough fouls. But Anthony Taylor didn't decide to give Chalaba a red for doing nothing, which is a good sign. I mean, he looked... I love how I'm talking about Anthony Taylor like he's a Chelsea player, but Evan Taylor didn't do anything too bad, which is a miracle. I was very scared when Kovacic got the yellow early on that he was going to send him off. Uh, at some point during the game, I think it was smart of Tuchel to take him Kovacic off because I was scared that he was going to get a red for basically the entire game. But I mean, overall, defensively, it was solid. Despite giving up all those chances, when a team throws that many people attacking, you're going to have to get uh, good chances and yeah, it's a good thing we can trust many to step up big when we need them to so when the game slips away we know we have someone that can despite giving up some big chances he, he'll keep us in it but then attacking wise uh i mean me and alex texted during the game a bit and we talked about the formation we obviously wanted to match brentford's uh 352 so we put three in the middle conte kovacic and off this cheek which worked well i thought i thought it worked okay the first half Loftus Cheek was getting into a lot of good positions. Kovacic and Conte were kind of drifting out wide and getting into some space. Uh, but especially Loftus Cheek created a bunch of chances. Is that from the formation or is that from just his talent? Uh, either way, I think Loftus Cheek was very, very, very good. But in the second half, it really started to slip away. We didn't really create anything going forward. I mean, we had the occasional chance, but I think Lukaku and Werner combined for like two shots and maybe one shot on target the entire game, which is certainly not something you will like to see. Uh, but Chilwell scored his third goal in three games, I think. He had one. He scored against Southampton, scored for England, and scored here. I mean, he's. it was bound to happen when he was going to play this good. And uh, you know, as soon as Alonso gets replaced, the person who replaces him plays well, and Alonso never gets back in. So this is pretty expected. But basically, my overall thing was just it was a good game really wasn't that good of a game but it was a good game we were able to be resilient we were able to hold on despite being faced with a lot a lot a lot a lot of pressure from Brentford we got a goal that's all that matters and we got the win which is all that matters and we're back at the top of the table which is great yeah I mean it's really crucial that we're we got those three points um obviously Liverpool and Man City winning uh Manchester United obviously falling to Leicester but very big win like you mentioned Peter um, it was definitely an important three points. Mendy was sensational. I, I thought Malang Sar was very good as well. I really enjoyed watching him. He made a few tackles that, you know, were definitely a bit questionable, but a, a solid center half tackle, uh, like you've ever seen. And I know I sound like an old dad right now, but, uh, yeah, it was a solid tackle, like an old school defender. Um, <laughs> and I thought Chalaba played very well. Christensen, you know, I want to talk about this for a second. Andreas Christensen. Used to be a defender who I thought was solid, but didn't have the anticipation skills or the awareness to really be at that top level. And I think now he's really getting, and he seems, I don't know what happened under Tuchel, but he seems to have that awareness, that anticipation now that is so crucial. And you're seeing the same thing from Chalaba too, getting on the line uh, when, you know, there was a threat of the ball getting chipped over Mendy and uh, bouncing into the net gets on the line, blocks it, uh, boots it away. But yeah, I was truly impressed by that. I do have to say I'm very glad Reese James is back because I think P at right wing back is just not it. It just doesn't give us the outlet. And also what I don't understand is why he's so far forward. Um, that really like bugs me. I don't know why. He's almost playing like a winger, 
um, and he's almost like exposed at certain points. I think he's trying to almost overcomp, uh, you know, overcompensate because he knows, hey, I'm not exactly the best, uh, the the best going forward technically. I need to just be further forward or something. I don't know what he's doing, but it was odd some of his positioning in that game. Um, Chilwell has been fantastic since he's come back into the lineup. Really happy for him. And in the midfield, Ruben Loftus Cheek. I know this is a this is a very like not fair comparison, but I would say Ruben Loftus Cheek reminds me of Paul Pogba a lot, and uh, with the deficiencies of Paul Pogba as well as we saw yesterday. But I, I think he is a fantastic dribbler of the ball. He just seems to glide uh, down the pitch, and it really is beautiful to watch. I think the combination with all three of them, Loftus Cheek. Conte and Kovacic. I'm not sure how that worked, how it meshed together. Because to me, Kovacic and Ruben Loftus-Cheek have very similar roles um, in terms of what they do. So I feel like it's a one or a one or other, one or the other situation there. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of what I was thinking. It felt a little bit awkward at times. That's just kind of my opinion. I remember I was texting Peter about that as well, but. Yeah, it did feel awkward at certain points that uh, the the midfield just felt a little bit like stuffed. Um, up front, you know, Werner, Lukaku, you know, they had decent games. Lukaku, obviously, you know, is on a mini scoring drought. Not worried about it at all, though. Um, but yeah, besides that, nothing really much more to say. Got to move on next week. Obviously, we have Norwich and that's a must win game. Um, and we should win that quite handedly. And uh, we'll have that. After uh, we'll talk about that in the Malmo recap, um, but yeah, good performance. Go over the stats real quick: five shots for Chelsea, one shot on target, compared to seventeen shots for Brentford, seven on target. We controlled possession fifty-seven percent and uh, had you know just controlled the game. And going to the live standings now, uh, Chelsea sit top with nineteen points, second Liverpool with eighteen points. Third, Man City with 17 points, and fourth, Brighton with 15 points. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it here uh, for this Chelsea game and this Chelsea win. Um, you know, important to see that uh, that Reese James has come back. Uh, obviously, there's that Rudiger injury. Hopefully, that's not too bad uh, that he picked up over international break. Um, but hopefully, he can come back soon. But I, I do have a quick question here. Before we like move on, talk about Malmo for a few minutes. What what do you think about Romelu Lukaku's role and how we're using him? Because for me, I think that it's almost like we're using him in these in these games against smaller opponents, you know, less talented opposition. I feel like we're using we're wasting his talents almost. I mean, not really. It's more just against, I mean, it's not even against the smaller opponents, even against bigger opponents. It's just in general, we aren't using him. Well, I wouldn't say we're not using him well. It's just that the other players aren't finding him. They aren't giving him the right kind of service. They're, I mean, he's good at holding up the ball and he's good at that and then spreading it out wide. But the thing is, if he's doing that and holding it and spreading it out wide, who's there in the box? Werner? Why would Werner be in the box instead of Lukaku? Lukaku's meant to be that person that we have in the box that can turn, shoot, or get uh, get a cross in and score a header. But we're kind of we're kind of using him more as like a center forward rather than like a true striker, a finishing striker. 
And I don't know if that's Tuchel's tactics. That's what he wants from him. If that's what Lukaku is making the runs and he prefers to do that or anything. But I mean, we're not really finding him in the spots. I think he'd be what we need him to do, which is just to finish these chances. I mean, in general, we're not really getting any shots off. And could that be because Lukaku's coming in too deep to try to play forward? I don't know. Uh, could that just be this game if Brentford are sitting really deep and he wants to, and he thinks maybe he should come in to try to open up some space? That could be it. Uh, I don't really know, but I definitely think we need to. He needs to say. I well, doesn't definitely need to, but I think it. He'd be better off, and we'd be able to score more goals if he stays kind of more towards the center and tries to look for kind of crosses. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, one thing I would say is I think Werner and Lukaku just don't mesh because I think Werner is more of a threat on the counterattack. And with Lukaku, you're just trying to whip balls into the box. And I don't think Werner does the best job at that. So I think him and Lukaku, while it was an interesting idea, I don't think they're super compatible together. And I think someone like when Christian Pulisic comes back into the lineup when he's back from injury, Players like Ziyech, players like Mason Mount, I think are much more compatible with Lukaku than someone like Werner. That's just personally my opinion. We'll see what Tuchel thinks, obviously, when those guys get back from injury, and we'll see uh, what Tuchel actually thinks about that. But yeah, that that's kind of just my thoughts about that situation. What do you think about Werner and Lukaku together? I mean... When you look at it on paper, right, you'd think it'd be good because you can have Werner who makes the runs out wide and then have balls into Lukaku, but that's not even how it's working out. When you actually look at the game, that's really not what's happening. I mean, if anything, Lukaku's doing what Werner you would think would be doing, and Werner's there in the middle to try to finish, which is kind of uh, interesting, I guess. I mean, I think they can work together, like... Maybe this wasn't the game for it, or maybe they just aren't good together. But I mean, if you when you look at it and you look at their play styles, you think it probably they probably should match together, but they really aren't. And if they aren't going to, I mean, maybe give them a game. Can you even give them a different game? I mean, when I mean you can when you really we have a bunch of Pulisic still until Pulisic is injured. I think Werner and Lukaku is like right now except for maybe mount is our best front two if we're playing this kind of four five two or three five two uh but it's just the rules are like reversed for some reason and it's i don't know if two needs to change that that's like like i said two goals known to have be something that like likes to spice things up i think is a good way to put it and could that him be trying to do that for this game and thought maybe that'd be better i don't know but they should be able to work together but they just aren't meshing well yeah I, I think that's an accurate way to put it um now i guess we'll move on to malmo uh real quick obviously wednesday three o'clock here eastern time uh eight o'clock in the uk chelsea malmo we're going to be playing at home at stanford bridge malmo lost both games so far in uh in the champions league and obviously we are with three points behind juventus with six points this should be a, a winnable game for sure uh, Malmo uh, currently in their league, I believe they are. Yes, they are first place uh, in. I'm not going to pronounce the league, the the Swedish league, um, with 44 points. I, I think we got to win this game. I don't think we're going to play a particularly strong lineup, um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I, we should win this game. Hopefully, get some rotation in and uh, hopefully get some fitness for some of the players who have been out injured recently. 
and uh, hopefully we move on to Norwich on Saturday, which obviously is going to be an early wake up for us here in the U.S. at 7.30 uh, for everyone on the East Coast, 4.30 if you're on the West Coast. Now, if I was on the West Coast, I would not be waking up. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's I'll talk about Malmo. Uh, I mean, like you said, this should be a must. This should be a win. It's a must win game. Obviously, all Champions League group stage games are must win. But this in particular is a very important game to win. Uh, we need we just need to win. They're not as good as any side in the Premier League, I'd say maybe the only team that would be even close would be Norwich, which is kind of funny because we have them the game after. But uh, uh, we we can probably play a weaker side, get some rest, get some rotation. I'd like to see Malang Sar stay in. I think he played well. I'd like to see him get more game time. I think Loftus-Cheek should stay in. I think Jorginho should get back in for at least a half to try to get, a, get some fitness in. Uh... Uh, Mason Mount should start. Hopefully, Reese James should get some fitness. Maybe throw Alonso there. We're not. I don't think we're going over a full lineup, but those are just some players I want to throw in. Uh, just we need to win this game, and I don't. I don't think we're gonna do like an official lineup. So I'll do a score prediction too. Why not three 0 Chelsea? You know it every time. <laughs> well, also I would say Callum Hudson Odoi also needs to be starting. I think um, get him some game time, and it's really like you know in this crowded room. Uh, of attackers, I think he could be a possibility, especially with all these injuries and players out of form uh, in our attack. But yeah, score prediction for me, I'm going to go 2 0 Chelsea, uh, and I'm going to go with a, hmm, I'm going to go with a Kovacic and a Reese James goal uh, for that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for today's episode. We'll have a recap uh, coming out shortly after the Malmo game, so look forward to that. And uh, we'll see everyone next time. And Josh should be back for that, obviously. And uh, thanks for listening to today's episode of Talking Blues. And uh, we'll see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.